Today's Words and Nerds podcast is sponsored by The Accomplice by Steve Kavanagh. If you were married to a serial killer, would you know? Steve Kavanagh's follow-up to the best-selling 13, 50-50 and The Devil's Advocate is his twistiest yet. The Sandman serial killings have been solved. Daniel Miller murdered 14 people before he vanished. His wife Carrie now faces trial as his accomplice. The FBI, the district attorney, the media and everyone in America believe she knew and helped cover up her husband's crimes. The only thing between a life in jail or free Freedom is Eddie Flynn and his team. Steve Kavanagh is the master of the twist and The Accomplice will keep you guessing right to the last page. The Accomplice is released in Australia on the 26th of July. Queer Rights Sessions, QWS podcast in partnership with Blarney Books and Art and Port Ferry. I'm your host, Rob, aka RWR McDonald, and this is a Words and Nerds spin-off series. Thanks, Danny. I'm coming to you from the land of the Wurundjeri people, and I'd like to pay my respects to their elders past, present, and emerging. Each month, QWS Podcast will bring you reviews, shout-outs of LGBTIQA plus writers, and feature an interview with a queer writer from our rainbow communities. And now on with the show. In episode two, I chat with Professor Gregory Phillips. He is a leading changemaker, thought leader, and medical anthropologist whose work has appeared in the Griffith Review, Indigenous X, and has been a regular speaker at the Wheeler Centre in Melbourne. We also catch up with Grace, our book reviewer from Blarney Books and Art in Port Ferry, about some ghostly reads. On with the show. Professor Gregory Phillips is from the Wani and Jaru Aboriginal Australian peoples and comes from Klonkari and Mount Isa. Gregory has a PhD, Dancing with Power, Aboriginal Health, Cultural Safety and Medical Education, a research master's degree in medical science, addictions and healing in Aboriginal country, published as a book in 2003, and a bachelor's degree in arts. Aboriginal Studies and Government Majors. He is a leading change maker, thought leader, and medical anthropologist. He leads change in cultural safety, race relations, and decolonization. Gregory is a professor of First Peoples Health in the School of Medicine at Griffith University and is the Chief Executive Officer of Abstar Consulting. He also chairs the Ebony Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander Institute. Welcome to QWS Podcast, Gregory. Thanks for joining us. No worries. Glad to be here. Now, our opening question, uh, which we ask uh, each of our guests, is how has your work influenced your identity? Um, Well, it's probably an interrelationship rather than causal. Um, So... You know, identity for me is about sovereignty and the land. So Aboriginal people don't have this I think therefore I am business going on. Um, Our philosophy and knowledge is probably something more like I am located therefore I am. 
or I am related, therefore I am. I can't exist without a relationship with other human beings or other living things or the land itself. Um, so our identities are very much tied to land and water and the natural world, um, and that includes each other. So uh, that being said, um, you know, I suppose that means that it's impossible for me and my work to, you know, be a writer that just happens to be Aboriginal yeah. or an academic that just happens to be Aboriginal or a, um, you know, consultant that just happens to be queer, for example. Yeah. Um, being so-called non-political is a marker of white and male and heterosexual privilege. But, of course, the, the lie in that is that white straight men are not political because every conceivable institution around us is built on their values pretty much. So, you know, banking, universities, um, NGOs, government departments, schools, hospitals. So, um, so you can't really separate. I can't. I don't feel like I can separate my identity from the world in which I exist. Yeah. Um, You know, of course, I have a particular fabulousness and way of seeing the world. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, and we all do. Um, so, yeah, so for Aboriginal people, identity is both individual and it is related. Yeah. Um, rather than one or the other. So I see my work in that bigger sort of frame, you know. It's like... Um, um, trying to be or being me, being uniquely me, but understanding that me is <clears throat> a part of we. Yeah, sure. Fantastic. Well, with your work, so you uh, Abstar Consulting, uh, where you're the Chief Executive Officer and you're also chairing Ebony Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander Institute. Um, can you tell us, uh, us uh, listeners, uh, about your work and I guess the intersection with uh, that you see with storytelling or you know around the the narrative that we have in terms of colonialism and and Australia as a concept versus the work that you you and your organisations are doing. Sure. So um, ABSTAR stands for Aboriginal Straight Talking About Responsibility and Respect. Um, it's a play on my personal dreaming story, which is a shooting star story. Um, and ABSTAR, we specialise in the art and science of decolonisation. So we understand that colonisation is not a 
event but a process. And so similarly, decolonization is not an event but a process. Um, And we bring, you know, the evidence and science of organisational psychology and race relations and critical race theory um, and, you know, workforce reform and all these sorts of things to bear on improving Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander outcomes in a given organisation or institution. So um, be that a, a... a public sector agency or a, or a corporation or an NGO. There's actually very similar patterns operating in all of those three sectors in any organisation. Um, so that's what I do as my day job, um, which has, an, you know, an academic arm to it and, a, and a, a relational human arm, a psychology arm to it and a... Um, and the lived experience. Um, the Ebony Institute understands that Aboriginal knowledge is a good for everybody. We're not concerned just with so-called Aboriginal affairs because that's quite a colonial concept, but we are concerned with um, unfucking Australia, basically, um, from an Aboriginal perspective. So, you know... For example, coronavirus and bushfires and floods, to our thinking, they're all a natural consequence of colonisation. Right. Colonisation hasn't just affected Indigenous peoples worldwide. It's affected white people in the sense that they have become disconnected from their own land and value system. Um and become increasingly disconnected from the earth so that it is simply something to be exploited and extracted. And so, therefore, this is why we now have mental health crises amongst predominantly the West. It's a, it's a, it's a symptom of privilege um, and disconnection from the earth and each other. And so Ebony Institute... Um, takes big picture policy issues such as, you know, climate change or social policy or economic policy or foreign policy and thinks about them through an Aboriginal frame and philosophy. So we say we're thinking black for the future of Australia and the world. Um, If I were a policymaker or a a decision maker in that way, the best thing Australia could do right now is invest in Aboriginal, young Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people learning their culture, not because it's special treatment, but because if they don't learn Aboriginal knowledges and cultures, how are the rest of us going to learn it? And therefore, how are we going to prevent bushfires and ensure better Murray Darling basin water flows like it's within everybody's interest actually that aboriginal culture is replicated in a ethical and um, respectful way so that the rest of us can survive Um, and i think you know non-aboriginal people and institutions 
have been sold the furphy that the Western canon of knowledge and literature alone and the Western version of science is what's going to save us from climate change and save us from ourselves, but it in fact is what has led to where we are. So Western religion and science and governance and politics, it's not all bad, but by itself is not going to solve the problems we find ourselves in. And so there's going to need to be a bit of humility and pulling one's head out of one's ass. Yeah. If we're going to survive. Yeah. Well said. I am going to ask you a writing question. Now, Gregory, you um, have been uh, appeared at the Wheeler Centre, um, uh, doing half hour talks on panel discussions. Uh, you're also um, a, a contributor, uh, and your articles are contributing around, you know, um, national conversations. What advice would you give to someone who's saying, yeah, I really, really want to be uh, emulating that or that's that's exactly where I want to get to at some stage is being able to have my voice heard, whether it's queer or Indigenous or um, disabled, whatever, whatever voice it is, or hopefully an intersection of all of that. Um, what, what sort of advice would you give to someone who's thinking about hitting that way? Um, I think, you know, believe in yourself. Your voice is important. Um, pick your audience. Um, so, well, know what your message is, what you want to get across, and then pick the right audience and then pick the right format. I mean, you know, sometimes a research journal article is going to be the best way to get through the people you need to get to. Um, other times it's going to be, uh, you know, a short story in a creative literature writing festival. In other ways, other ways it's going to be public speeches and, and, and um, opinion pieces in newspapers or what have you. So I think it's really about what are you trying to say who is it that you want to hear it? And then how might you pitch it? But regardless of format or audience, the real thing is, I think, finding the deeper message, the deeper meaning in your message. Like it's not, it's not just a matter of jumping up on a soapbox and saying what your opinion is. Yeah. It's really about what contribution are you trying to make to make the world a better place. Yeah. Um, in the Aboriginal way, we're all, we have this thing called belonging, meaning that um, our dreaming story and our connection to land and, and family tells us who we are and what our role is in society. So we already have our belonging in our place. And our role might be to tell that story through music or dance or through the written word um, or through voice 
you know, like speaking, speeches, or through a combination of all of them. Um, but you, I think it's, you've got to have your heart and soul in what you believe. And, and I think you want to make sure that what you're talking about is not just your ego talking. Right, yeah. It's got to be something deeper or more connected to um, to humanity or to the natural world or to what people need to hear and think about. And, and how important um, is it to have, um, I don't know if study is the right word, but to be aware or educate yourself on what has people and what has gone before in that particular area? Yeah, I mean, you don't want to fall into the Trumpian um, trap of thinking that because I have an opinion, I have a right to make everybody else believe it. Yeah, yeah. Um, and before Trump and the like was, you know, um, the Catholic Church or any number of other religions who sort of had this, um, still have this um, very arrogant view that their view of the world is the only way to see the world or to understand the world. So yeah. you don't want to do that. You, you want to think about things from many different perspectives, like um, what do others think about that thing and what have others said and because um, there is a theory that there is no such thing as new knowledge in the world. There is only knowledge that is repackaged or reformulated from a different perspective. Um, and so I, I kind of think I believe that. I, I think that, um, you know, others have already come up with answers. I mean, you know, Aboriginal people didn't discover science or knowledge or writing when white people got here. Yes. You know, we, we had our own medicine and law and engineering for 60,000 years, thanks very much. Um, it looked and felt very different to the way Western knowledge and writing and thinking looks, but it was certainly there. I mean, we didn't survive ice ages by accident. Yes, yes. We didn't survive genocide itself by accident. We survived with very sophisticated knowledge systems and sciences. And so I think particularly for those, if you're in one culture or one gender or one view of seeing the world, you just want to have a think about what you might not be seeing. Yes. And, um, yeah, try your best to try and just keep learning, I suppose. Excellent. Thank you. And now uh, we're going to catch up with Grace, our book reviewer from Blarney Books and Art in Port Ferry, who I believe, Grace, you have some ghostly reads for us this month. That I do, all in time for Pride Month. Oh, fantastic. So what's your, what's your first uh, book that you've reviewed? Firstly, <clears throat> I've got uh, The Reckless Afterlife of Harriet Stoker by Lauren James. 
And I just have to put this quote in because it's just perfect for this book, which is, what's a little murder between friends? <laughs> Fantastic. So what's this book about? This is all about Harriet Stoker, who is a photography student and who has come to this abandoned, condemned university housing called Mulcher Hall. She's gone in there to take photos for her uh, degree and she takes Miss Step and has a pretty gruesome death. And now she finds herself among the ghostly inhabitants, unable to leave and help her grandmother who's left at home. Oh, no. Yes. So it follows her story as well as um, quite a few of the other characters in the book. Um, And it's, yeah, it's just really interesting because it's all these different perspectives of things that are happening throughout of all these ghosts from different times in Uh, history. Yeah. And throughout we also have a unknown narrator who you do find out who that is eventually, but I won't, you know, ruin it for anyone. Um, But they give quite a lot of background information about how they knew Harriet was going to end up dying. And, yeah, it's just really intriguing. Oh, wow. And is there much... um conflict between the I guess they're different generations aren't they all stuck in the one house yeah exactly well like quite a lot of them are all around the same age just the fact that some of them died in the early 90s whereas um Harriet has died in what is assumed the 2020s um but there are also some ghostly inhabitants that are a lot a lot older than that, and I won't spoil that either. Okay, okay. But more than 100 years, we'll say that. Um, yeah, and it's really interesting because, like, Harriet um, comes out as pansexual. There's uh, another ghost, Felix, who's gay, and another one finds out they're bi. But, again, I won't spoil that. So it's, it's very oh. diverse and lots of different walks of life, different ethnicities and ages. So, yeah, it's something for everyone. Fantastic. That sounds awesome. So the name of that, again, was? Is The Reckless Afterlife of Harriet Stoker by Lauren James. Fantastic. And your second book? My second book is Cemetery Boys by Aidan Thomas, which I think I just have to declare is my favourite book of 2022 so far. Whoa, okay. Yeah, it was. Putting that out there. I'm just putting that out there. I mean, I know it's only June, but still. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Uh, But it was just fantastic. Um, I used the word overwhelmingly stunning. (laughs) Right. Yeah. So it's, um, I can't really describe how beautifully written it is, but I fell in love with every aspect of this Latinx, trans joy, own voices, queer paranormal story. It's literally everything I never knew I always wanted from a book. Wow. Um, and it's so obvious that Aiden poured their whole heart into this debut and I just can't wait to read more of their books in the future. Fantastic. So can you tell us a little bit of sort of a bit of a uh, opening? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I can give you a quote. I'll, I'll give you a quote that sums up the book, but I'll, I'll give you a little bit more than that. But it's. A quote from Yadriel, who is the main character, says, the only thing more stupid than going around his family's back 
summoning spirits and trying to solve multiple murders would be falling for a dead boy. <laughs> Sorry, that I kind of sums it up. <laughs> but it's, uh, it, yeah, so it follows the story of Yadriel, a trans gay teen who was part of the Bruhiks, an ancient secret community. And Yadriel has been denied his rightful place among the Bruho, the male magic of the Bruhiks, and is determined to show his father, the leader of the community, that he is one of them. And through a series of events, he summons a spirit, Julian, who has been murdered and whose body has disappeared. So with the help of his cousin, Marita, Yadriel is determined to solve the murder and prove once and for all that he is a brujo and is a boy. Two books for the TBR pile, but it sounds like Cemetery always goes to the top of the pile based on your <laughs> <laughs> book of the year um, recommendation. Yeah, I mean, you know, check back with me at the end of the year and I'll tell you. <laughs> but, yeah. Um, but, yeah, I um, jump me to tell you who would like these books. Yes, please. That'd be great. Um, I mean, both of them, I'd say if you liked, well, if you liked either of these books on their own, you would like them both. <laughs> but uh, also House of Hollow by Crystal Sutherland. They both die at the end by Adam Silvera and Four Dead Queens by Astrid Schultz are probably all intertwined, I guess, within these books, but they're definitely on their own plane of amazingness. Thank you so much, Grace, and we'll check in with you next month. But Looking I love, forward the ghostly, to <laughs> love the ghostly reads, so yes. keep on keeping on. I shall indeed, and I will chat to you next month. <laughs> Perfect. Um, we do a shout-out question, and this is um, where uh, you, Gregory, have the opportunity, if you wish, to shout out any um, LGBTIQA plus artists, books, shows, organisations, social media accounts, uh, whatever, whatever you like. Um, and we can use this as a platform just for, for listeners who might not have come across that to um, check it out. Sure. So there's um, Corey Pride. Victoria is an Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander um, fledgling group um, that's starting up there on the socials. And you want to check out Indigiles um, up in Brisbane, uh, yeah. queer Indigenous um, women. You want to check out um, Garbundulum in Brisbane. There's... there's Queer Indigenous groups around the country. There's Black in Sydney, BLAQ. Um, there's going to be a whole lot of queer Indigenous mobs coming together for World Pride next year in Sydney. Fantastic. Um, so there's no shortage of. Yeah. Yeah. And we'll um, we'll put those um, uh, links in the show notes for for the ones that you've mentioned. Um, and for your people wanting to, to read more of your articles, where, where can they go to find you? Um, probably to my website, um, abstar.com, uh, with yep. two R's, and also the Wheeler Centre website. You could search on there. There's a few um, bits and bobs there. Um, right. Yeah. And we've got... Um, uh, Indigenous X, 
Um, you've got articles in there as well. There's Indigenous X articles and um, also Conversation, um, Griffith Review, yeah. Yeah. Spits and Pieces. Fantastic. Excellent. And our, our final question, which we ask uh, all our guests, is what is your hope for the LGBTIQA plus communities? Um, I think to understand that there was queerness in Australia for 60,000 years. Um, and so we have to decolonise our understanding of sexualities and genders. Um, and there are pre-existing old human societies that understood, you know, what the colours of the rainbow really meant both individually and collectively. And for us to understand that queer communities have historically and, and still do play very, very important and unique roles in society and we should be proud of that. That's beautiful and absolutely. Thank you so much for your time today. Gregory, and being on QWS podcast, uh, yeah, we'll have um, links uh, to your website and socials um, for Abstar Consulting. So if anyone wants to um, follow the journey, hopefully they'll get on board. And I love that, um, decolonising the queer experience. Thank you. Awesome. Thank you. Great chatting. Please check out our show notes on Words and Nerds, Blarney Books and Art and rwrmcdonald.com for links, reviews and the interview transcript. Until next time, this is QWS Podcast.